Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. friends, pro-life leader Frank Pavone here, director of Priests for Life. I want to wish you a blessed Christmas in advance. Uh, we're going to bring you some Christmas reflections for patriots tonight, uh, and then we'll take a little Christmas break uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and we'll be back with you Wednesday night, the 27th. But I really want to uh, delve into some scriptures with you, and also, of course, some comments about this ridiculous Colorado uh, court decision about President Trump being or not being on the ballot in Colorado. How utterly, utterly absurd. And, um, well, we'll talk about that. I know you have your uh, thoughts and insights about that, too. I met some of you at the America Fest, Turning Point USA, gigantic conference in Phoenix uh, just earlier this week. Uh, and, boy, it was great. It was great. I was a speaker there and an exhibitor and a, a, a media guest on many of the programs uh, that had their media booths there. What a, what a, what an encouraging event. All of you that go to these kind of events like America Fest, like Ralph Reed's Faith and Freedom Coalition, like uh, CPAC, all these conferences have that, that same vigorous patriotic uh, uh, environment to them. And there's nothing like seeing you face to face. It's great to be on these programs, but nothing like seeing you in person. Thank you, those that were there and so many of you that uh, were there in spirit. We have about I think thir like 13,000 people and uh, uh, most of them young, younger people. Um, but of course, whatever age we are working to make America great again keeps us young, keeps us vigorous, and keeps us tuned into the Word of God because making America great again and the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus Christ are completely compatible. And that's one of the points we, we bring across in these programs. So let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord. Let's go into His Word. And being so close to Christmas, I want to share with you the Christmas gospel from, uh, from uh, Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8. In the same region there were shepherds in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this marvel that has occurred, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, 
they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let us pray. Father, we too hear the angelic greeting and welcome the news that a Savior has been born for us. And Lord, we in America today, we in the world today, feel more strongly than ever before the need for salvation. This is indeed a battle between good and evil that we are seeing unfold before our eyes in the political realm. Good versus evil. Not just left versus right. Not just Republican versus Democrat. Good versus evil. Lord, we pray for our salvation. And we pray, Lord God, that you would set our nation back on a path of survival rather than on this path of destruction. Bring that peace to the earth that the heralds of your birth announced. Peace, which is based on justice, respect for human life, and dependence on you rather than arrogant exaltation of ourselves. We ask all this through the one who indeed has become flesh among us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So when the shepherds went and they saw Mary, Joseph, and the baby in the manger, the translation here says they made known to them the message they had heard from the angels out in the fields. But another translation of this passage says that when they saw the baby there, they understood the message that had been spoken to them by the angel. And in that sense of the verse, how would we, how would we understand that? Why would they understand the message that a Savior had been born for all people? Why would they understand it better when they saw him? Well, brothers and sisters, because a baby is so approachable. The Savior was not born just for the elite or the powerful, just for those of high social standing. The angels said this was a Savior for all people. That doesn't just mean all the people at that time. It meant all the people of all time, for all humanity, from Adam and Eve to the last human being who will ever be created, for all the people, the Savior is born. If you're going to be a Savior for all, you have to be approachable by all. You have to be accessible to all. A baby. Who's afraid to approach a baby? And that's why they understood what had been told them. God is going to make this as welcoming as possible. You're going to have to take up your cross and follow Him. It's not going to be a walk in the park. Discipleship is, has a cost. We don't want cheap grace. But He will be accessible, approachable. See, that's the meaning of Merry Christmas. And as we celebrate these days right in front of us, let's keep in mind 
because we more than anyone else are aware of the danger our country is in right now and that the horrendous things that are happening. We're going to comment on one of those horrendous violations of freedom. We who are more aware of these things than anyone else have to also be more aware than anyone else of what Merry Christmas means. It doesn't mean everything is going our way. It doesn't mean a happiness that is superficial or based on the changing winds and waves of time. It means instead that we have access to God, that that Savior for all the people is a Savior for us, is approachable by us, and that nothing can separate us from Him unless and until we decide to separate ourselves. What can separate us from the love of Christ, St. Paul said? Trial or distress or persecution? We have persecution going on here. Or danger? We have dangers in America going on now. Or the sword? What can separate us? Nothing. As long as we hold fast to Him. As long as we don't abandon Him. And even if we did abandon Him, He wouldn't stop loving us, but He'd be calling us back. You see the, the basis for our Christmas joy? It's not in circumstances that we can't control. It's not in fleeting emotions. It's not in things that happen today and they change tomorrow or possessions we have now and we lose later or even relationships that might be nice and strong today and are destroyed tomorrow or people we have in our lives who could be gone tomorrow. We, we, happiness can't depend on such changeable realities. Abiding joy has to depend on an abiding reality. And the access we have to salvation, the access we have to friendship with God, is that enduring Christmas gift. No one can take it away from us. Brothers and sisters, this is the, the gift He gives us at Christmas. And you know, we can think of Christmas as an urgent appeal to open all the gifts that God gives us because He doesn't just give us a baby in a manger. He gives us the man who will preach the Sermon on the Mount. He gives us the one who will die on the cross and give us our cross to carry. He gives us the one who tells us how to believe in Him, how to be born again, how to receive His Spirit, who teaches us how to pray, how to forgive, how to love, not just in theory, but in power. He gives us the power to love. He reveals the Father to us. He establishes His body, the church. He bestows the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He gives us a mission to carry out, to proclaim the gospel to every creature. These are all His gifts. Now, you know, one of His other gifts is persecution. It, he promises it. No servant is greater than his master if they treated me like this, leading me to the cross. How do you think they're going to treat you? Nevertheless, that's a gift. Because when we embrace it with love and we bear witness with fidelity and courage, boy, he lifts us up. He who humbles himself shall be exalted. Brothers and sisters, let Christmas be an urgent to open all our Christmas gifts. America is one of his Christmas gifts to us. <coughs> Excuse me. America. The principles on which this country is founded. The awareness of God. 
that our Declaration of Independence asserts. These are gifts. We open all our Christmas gifts. We open His Word every day. Too many people are welcoming the baby in the manger and, and they never pick up the Word and open it up, open it up and read it. But if we want to open all our Christmas gifts, open the Word and be in it every day. Christmas, in bringing all these gifts, brings us hope. The message of Christmas is a message of hope. You and I need to write a Christmas list. You know, it makes me think of that song, Grown Up Christmas List. You know the song, it says, As children we believe the grandest sight to see was something lovely wrapped beneath the tree. But heaven only knows that packages and bows can never heal a hurting, yearning soul. And then it goes on to say, what is on a grown-up's Christmas list? And it says, no more lives torn apart. That wars would never start. That love would heal all hearts, that everyone would have a friend, and love would never end, that this is my grown-up Christmas list. Now, you and I need to make a bold Christmas list, because St. Paul tells us, if God has given us His Son, how can He not give us all things besides? Jesus told us, what father is going to give His Son a scorpion if He asks for an egg? Ask boldly. Together, we must ask boldly. We can't go into the celebration of Christmas and hold back on our boldness of asking God things because when we see what He's given us, when we see whom He has given us, when we see that the baby is Messiah and Lord, not just the Messiah of the Lord, that God was going to send the Messiah, but the Messiah and Lord, He came Himself. When we see what He's already given us, how can we not be bold to make a grown-up Christmas list that says, Lord, give us what we need in this nation right now. No more lives torn apart by violence, fentanyl. No more lives torn apart in, their, in the innocence of their minds and hearts by indoctrination of ideology in our school systems that should be teaching them reading, writing, and arithmetic, and instead are teaching them transgender garbage, destructive. No more, no more minds torn apart that could be rejoicing in the proper understanding of the history of this great flag and this great nation, and instead are being indoctrinated to think that our nation was founded on evil and racism. No more minds torn apart. No more children torn apart by satanic, demonic ideologies of human sexuality. No more. No more destruction of our, of our security and our borders. No more. No more destruction of our freedom or stealing of our elections. No more. No more embarrassments on the world stage or in imbalances in the, in the very equilibrium and peace of the world. No more terrorism. No more Hamas. No more lives torn apart. That wars would never start. That everyone would have a friend. That love would never end. This is my grown-up Christmas list. Brothers and sisters, 
put on our Christmas list that America be great again. That's not just, not just about a man. It's about a movement. President Trump says we are running to be 47th president of the United States. We, all of us. This program is built on that conviction. That's why we talk about these things. We're running for president. We're running. The power is being given back to us. The Biden administration is taking power away from us. Taking security, taking freedom, taking religious freedom, taking the dignity of life, taking uh, 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 free speech and school choice and free elections and fair elections, taking it all away from us. The idea behind a Trump administration is that we're going to get it all back. It's power to the people, not to the bureaucracy, the deep state, the Democrat Party, or tyrants. Our grown-up Christmas list, that tyranny be stopped as it continues to advance in America right now, that it be stopped, that it be destroyed. My Christmas list, every Democrat voted out of office. Enough already, and enough of the silence of church leaders to be able to say that plainly, plainly. You know what? One and one is two. And eventually, you have to be able to add. You have to be able to add. You have to be able to look at what's going on in America and say, the Democrats are bringing disaster upon us. They're bringing disaster. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, another Christmas hymn. Their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought as how the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. This is a feast of hope. May its celebration lead you to a greater hope, strength, and determination than ever before in living as Christian patriots, in accomplishing the goals that we boldly set out before us. Now, let me say a word about one of the latest attacks on our freedom as a people. The Colorado Supreme Court has gone off the deep end. But it's not surprising. This is the direction the Democrats want to take us. Deluded as they are, hateful as they are, of our American Constitution. This is how they're stealing elections this time around. It's not going to be the Zuckerbucks. It's not going to be the pandemic. It's going to be lawfare. It's going to be judges who hate this country, judges who don't understand the meaning of freedom, judges who are too deluded by Trump derangement syndrome to see their right hand in front of their eyes. That's what we're dealing with here. And the results are literally disenfranchising, in this case in Colorado, the voters. Some 5.8 million of them. 
People say, oh, well, this is, uh, this is uh, against Donald Trump. It's against the voters. Again, going back to the, the theme, right? It's not, not about him. It's about the movement. It's not about power to him. He doesn't want power. He wants power to you and me. And 5.8 million people in, in, in Colorado are being told by this court, oh, well, we're going we're gonna to decide who you can vote for, for uh, in, the, in the presidential primary. It's like, no, that's not your role. Get out of our way. We don't need the courts injecting themselves into a presidential race. If the people of America think that President Trump is guilty of an insurrection, and we'll deal with the substance of that in just a second, as we dealt with it before. If the, if the voters of America think that whatever he did leading up to or during the, January, the events of January 6, 2021, merits disqualification from public office, they have a way of saying that. The vote, the, who, they, who they check on the ballot. You vote against him. And that's what so many, even of, 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 of those who do not support him for, pre, for the presidency or for the nomination, it's exactly what so many of them are saying, even the candidates running against them in the primary, even, even on the other side of the aisle. Dem, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. wrote this. He said, if Trump is kept out of office through judicial fiat, rather than being defeated in a fair election, his supporters will never accept the result. This country will become ungovernable. Darn right we won't accept the result of that. Absolutely not. Do we resist and oppose this 100%? This nonsense. Because it's not because it isn't in favor of President Trump. Because it's not in favor of America. And this is the distinction that more and more voters are getting. And this is one of the reasons, besides the absolute disaster that Biden is bringing upon the country. But this is one of the reasons why. The polling for Trump continues to go up no matter what they throw against him. And it will continue that way. It will continue that way. Ruling uh, 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 from Colorado Supreme Court, the comment from the Trump campaign says, Unsurprisingly, the all-Democrat appointed Colorado Supreme Court has ruled against President Trump supporting a Soros-funded left-wing group's scheme to interfere in an election on behalf of crooked Joe Biden by removing President Trump's name from the ballot and eliminating the rights of Colorado voters to vote for the candidates of their choice. And then it rightly points out the Democrats are in a state of paranoia, fear, and alarm because of the dominance of President Trump, not only in the Republican primary, but in the overall general election according to polls. Why are they saying he should be disqualified by the ballot, from the ballot? because of a completely inappropriate, inaccurate application of the third section of the 14th Amendment that prevents from public office those guilty of, 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 of insurrection. But first of all, it doesn't apply to the presidency, in the opinion of many. It doesn't mention the presidency. It mentions other government offices when it applies this rule, but not the presidency. Most conclude this was not intended for the presidency, but even if you say that it was, even if you grant that it was, there's some margin of doubt there. President Trump not only is not guilty of insurrection, I mean, that's a, that's a, that is, is something that deserves utter, utter laughter and, and, and ridicule. What a stupid position that is. 
And, and I'm going to tell you one of the dangers of, of it. We've commented on this before, so have many others. But not only is he not guilty of insurrection, he, was, he hasn't even been charged with it. In other words, you're going to punish somebody by applying a limitation that the Constitution puts on a, your ability to run for public office when you haven't even been charged with that particular kind of action, nor, even if you were, given the benefit of due process. Where's the trial? Where's the trial that examined the question and answered it whether President Trump is in any way guilty of insurrection? There, there, there was none. He's been charged with 91 different, every one of them as absurd as the other, but not one of them is insurrection, even in the case of the indictment involving January 6th. Why didn't they charge him with insurrection? Why didn't they charge him with the very thing that the Constitution is talking about, that the Colorado Supreme Court stupidly is applying to, to, to the Colorado ballot? Why not? Because it's absurd. Because what he did was he had a rally. We do that in America. We have rallies that, are, that express the will of the people, that express the concern, the deep concern of many of our fellow citizens. We can come out and we have the freedom of assembly and we have the freedom of speech and we have the freedom to protest. We have the freedom to air our grievances against the government. We have the freedom to object to an election. We have the freedom to raise questions about the outcome of an election. And we have a right to do it in large gatherings and we have a right to go to the Capitol peacefully, and patriotically, and those are the exact words he used, and he proved it in his actions in the days prior to January 6, 2021, you know this as well as I do, when he, when he made available the National Guard to give extra protection to the Capitol, because he knew, everybody else knew, people were going to be coming and gathering there who had deep concerns. What's the matter? We can't have concerns anymore in America? We can't have concerns? We can't question our own election? Democrats do it all the time. Let me tell you, if what President Trump said and did in regard to January 6th qualifies as inciting an insurrection, if the events that happened qualify as an insurrection, right, it's a pretty poor, yeah, a, a totally unarmed insurrection, is that the kind of thing you think is going to happen? Today? This was applied to a situation where 13 states attempted to take control of the United States in a war in which 600,000 Americans died. This is what the 14th Amendment was talking about. It was referring to the Civil War. Not to people entering the Capitol building, walking in at the invitation of police, and, and carrying flags and praying. Unarmed. Some people get, uh, some individuals get out of control and do things they shouldn't have done, of course. But an insurrection? Are you stupid? An insurrection? These people are stupid. They're stupid and they're evil. These judges are stupid and they're evil. Enough already. Sick and tired of this. And we have to call it out with all our might, brothers and sisters. If this qualifies as an insurrection... If what President Trump 
did qualifies under the Constitution to be excluded from the ballot? Well, then you've introduced a tidal wave of efforts like this by which thousands of candidates are going to be excluded, completely bypassing the will of the people. Who voted on this? Exactly who voted to have him off the ballot in Colorado? How many Coloradans voted on this? Not a single one. Just four deluded Democrat judges who deserve to be thrown out of the country. They're the ones that deserve to be punished for their absolute disrespect for freedom, for their absolute contempt for our Constitution, and for our ability as a people to decide who's going to be on our ballots and who's going to serve in public office. Shame on them. Shame on these people. Absolutely, they should be held up in disgrace from coast to coast and in the mind of every citizen in America. Brothers and sisters, this actually, the timing of this, is quite important because, again, going back to the theme of Christmas, let me leave you with one final thought before we go back into prayer. Christmas is the basis of, of a representative form of government. The Word became flesh, we read in the first chapter of John. And then it said, to those who accepted Him, He gave power to become children of God. We're sons and daughters of the King of Kings. We can't be subject to a, a tyrant. We're free because, not because, primarily because the Constitution t says so, or the Declaration of Independence. We're free because of what God has done. He's made us His sons and daughters, and therefore we have a voice, and we have a vote, and our opinion matters. And therefore, those in authority in government Govern only with the consent of the governed, because we're children of God. Christmas makes that happen. We're children of God because of Christmas. And if we're children of the King of Kings, then any intermediate king, governor, president, congress, or judge serves us, does not rule over us. Merry Christmas. Let us take this gift of freedom with the greatest possible joy. Let us defend it with the greatest possible determination. And let us go into the new year, the most important election year we've ever had, and let us hasten on the path to victory. And let us pray. Father, we bring all our needs before you. We bring our Christmas gratitude before you. And we ask you, Lord, bless us, protect us, preserve our freedom, that we may hand to our children and grandchildren a nation that is as secure in its freedom and as clear in its ideals as at its founding. Bless us, and we bring together now all our prayers and praises in offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, we'll see you on the 27th, Wednesday, the 27th of December. Meanwhile, please do connect with me on social media. I'll continue to be communicating with you during these Christmas days at FR Frank Pavone. That's the address on all the major platforms at FR Frank Pavone. We'll see you there, starting with Truth Social, by the way, starting with Truth Social and on all the other platforms. God bless you. Merry Christmas. I'll be praying for you. Pray for me as well, and we'll talk to you soon. Hello, I'm Evangelist Alveda King with Priest for Life. I would like to remind you today that your voice matters in the public forum and your vote counts. We are so blessed in this nation to be able to elect our leaders. No matter how bad our public policies may become, elections allow us to steer them in a new and different direction. After all, those who make our laws work for us, not the other way around. Today, I want to urge you to vote and to vote pro-life. Don't miss an election. Get to know who the candidates are and what they stand for. Get to know the platforms of the political parties and get as many others to vote as you possibly can. Thank you and God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.